0: Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. Got an exciting episode, one I've kind of uh, been looking forward to doing for a while, and then we had a recent catalyst to kind of bring it to the, to the forefront. Uh, what we're going to do today is similar to what we've done in the past. We're, we're going to kind of recap and discuss an a interview with a great trader, one of, actually, one of the best out there, and, and hopefully someday. And I think I can. If Phil's listen, I think I, I'm confident that someday I can I can get him on steady trade as well. But the neat thing is, Phil Godeker, a longtime friend of mine, I've known him from the trading community for years. Got to meet him in person a few times. Not like super tight, but but you know we we do we are quote unquote internet friends and and have chatted here and there before. And so at the end of last year, he did a trading a yearly trading review. It's actually a twit longer post and we'll have it in the show notes below if you want to read it. And it really um, was, was interesting. First of all, it was a great post. I think any aspiring trader should read it, especially if you're an aspiring short seller. Um, Phil has done some amazing things shorting junk stocks, which is a lot of what, what Steven looks to do with his core strategy And then the biggest reason we're recording this today is recently Phil appeared on Chat with Traders with Aaron Fifield. I hope I pronounced your last name right, Aaron. Um, I've chatted with Aaron a few times and, you know, chatwithtraders.com is a great podcast. I recommend it for anybody that is interested in trading or is on the journey of trading. Um... You know, I, I kind of operate from a a uh, abundance mindset. A lot of people will be like, "Well, geez, you're building this podcast. Why would you promote another podcast?" In my opinion, there's eight billion people in the world. There's hundreds of thousands of traders. There's there's plenty to go around. And chat with traders is an amazing podcast. And I don't also don't really necessarily consider it competition for Steady Trade because you know Aaron's got some. He more focuses on guys that are already there. You know, these are uh, hedge fund managers. These are quants. You know, these are guys that have been making millions for years and years, which is inspirational and which is great. And that's why I recommend the podcast. But at Steady Trade, we've, we've got kind of a little different niche. We're looking to help the new or the intermediate trader. And then hopefully someday you become. One of the guests on chat with traders, and we have you we have you on steady trade as well, so make sure to check out chat with traders make sure to check out the interview with Phil at Ozark trades is his uh, Twitter handle and that 's also in the title of the podcast so what we're going to do today is um, actually I assigned the job to Stephen and he listened to the podcast and cut out a few clips that he thought were particularly poignant. To his journey, where he is being an aspiring short seller, because Phil goes through a lot of the phases that Stephen is going through now. Phil just did it 15, 20 years ago. So we're going to run through those clips and then kind of offer our commentary and how we think that maybe they would apply to our steady trade listeners.
1: Yeah, no. And just to add, uh, probably chat with chatwithtraders.com. Uh, it was funny before I'd heard the podcast, I considered them as violent. The rorcious competition. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, once I listened to the podcast, I thought there was some super, super, super uh, advice out there, which is free content. So uh, respect, respect to the guys for, for doing that. I thought it was uh, one, of the best, one of the best interviews I've probably ever heard, uh, and to, especially because he's an aspiring short seller. But we'll go straight into the clips. Uh, the first one up is um, he talks a little bit about how he got started. And how he basically lost 4K and then started again and lost 4K and was trading all different patterns, which is what everybody does. Uh, but we'll, we'll jump into the clip to, to see uh, how Phil put it.
2: And, uh, you know, kind of hope for the best. And at that time, again, I was just studying everything that I could, you know, studying, um, you know, different chart patterns, trying to find out uh, some patterns, trying to find out what made a good setup. My sophomore year in college, I just slowly lost that money. It was $3,000, and I slowly lost that over the course of the year. Well, the very next summer, I worked again. I worked for my dad. He has a business here in Missouri, and I worked for him over the summer, and I I saved up another $3,000. And I kind of did the same my junior year. I slowly kind of lost that money. Um, Just trading long, you know, I couldn't find any consistency, but, you know, I was still, the, the losses didn't scare me at all. I was so. Uh, intrigued by the market i knew there was what wa- there, there were ways to make money and, and ways to make big money yeah
1: uh, and I, I think that's uh for me two massive massively important points one he wasn't in it for the money he was in fact losing money but he was in it because of the fueled passion uh, two uh he, a lot of traders he lost 4k then i think you he said he lost another 4k just trying different patterns and
0: yeah like, i think it, if win. i yeah if i remember right i think he repeated that cycle like three or four times
1: yeah and um and and this is the funny thing because when i'm on youtube and there's so many haters on youtube they're like oh my god he's 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 not he's not made it in eight months he's not made it in nine months he's he's he was up and now he's down five grand i'm like i'm like you guys are idiots like you don't realize like it takes years to get this like people don't get that it takes years and just because ducks and Gratani did it and and even grittani didn't do it until it was 18 19 months consistently people don't get that it takes a couple of years minimum
0: yeah and 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 they don't you know one of the things i like that you mentioned is you know phil went into this with a deep passion now he mentions earlier in the interview that one of the biggest reasons he went into trading was, and I, and I liked this, he said he wanted to make money, wanted to make money fast. He didn't want a job and he basically broke it down to it's either real estate or trading. And he says, Hey, you know, you you, real estate, you kind of got to have, you got to have money to make money or you got to get investors or you got to have a rich dad or something like that. And then he said, he basically set his sights. He said, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to keep working and working and working. And that meant he blew up three or four times, but he never really let that affect his, 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 his end goal. You know, his goal was to learn trading. His goal was to be a full-time day trader. And just because of the fact that he didn't get it in a year or 18 months, he never, at least in the interview, he never got discouraged by that.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm pretty lucky though. I mean, I'm on to trade Pro and stuff like that. And we do the podcast, um like i always like my my expectations are very uh set because obviously i've got people around me who are successful and, and they can give me the reassurance look you're not just because you haven't got it yet you're not going to fail and, and obviously i can i can trust you because we we'll speak to each other every week twice a week i'm like you're not going to lie you know, why would you lie um so it's the good thing about this podcast is it's just trying to give people the reassurance like this isn't marketing, this isn't like bullshit, it's not lying, we're not lying, no one's lying here. It literally takes two years, it can take three years. It's not bullshit, like, it's not just to try and get money by selling education and people think that.
0: Well, and, and, and back to back to Phil, I mean, he may be, you know, obviously we don't know everybody, but but he may be the most successful short seller of junk low price stocks and it still took him, I don't remember the exact timeline, three or four years before he hit it big.
1: Yeah, and I just defined that the Eureka moment where he found a pattern that worked. And if we just jump to the next clip, he, he actually explains the moment where he found the the perfect pattern for himself.
2: In August of my senior year of college, the symbol was CAFE, C-A-F-E. The name of the company was Host America. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. They put out a press release that they were going to do some sort of business with Walmart and some sort of partnership with Walmart. The stock went from about four or $5 up to $15 and it's about a two, three day span. And I shorted it at 15, you know, I shorted all I, all I could. It wasn't much, maybe, you know, a couple thousand shares. And the very next day the stock was halted and it was halted for a month. And I was on Yahoo message boards and I was reading all this stuff about, Oh, they're going to be bought out. And I thought, well, I'm going to be wiped out. You know, I was scared to death. And needless to say, after a month, the stock went from 15 and it opened up at five. So I had turned around $5,000 into approximately, you know, maybe $15,000. So that just it just clicked. I mean, it opened up my eyes. And it wasn't so much the monetary gain that I was excited about. It, I was just excited because after two years, I had finally. Figured out something that can work from five thousand to a million dollars in nine months, and I thought I was on top of the world,
1: yeah yeah it's just the only thing I want to really say about that is the the two years he said it took him two years mm-hmm. to figure out something that could work
0: yeah and and that's you know we and a lot of the the topics of these these podcasts have been me kind of you know you've 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 had some success, you've had some setbacks, and you know I keep trying to remind you that the best of the best, it takes years, sometimes more than two years that it that it took Phil. But you've got to try all these things. I mean he tried going long, he tried going short, and then ultimately once he found this this junk total hyped up stock, the big gain was where okay, now I've he's recognized his target because this I I don't remember again the exact timeline. It was probably 15 years ago but he's still shorting the same stocks today. The stocks that go from five to 15 on some BS rumor. And that's the other thing that so many traders struggle with, is you start out, you know, whether you're buying breakouts, you're buying earnings winners, you're dip buying, and, and everybody wants to do everything. Next thing you know, I see guys, I mean, they're asking me about options. I mean, they haven't even traded for six months, and they, and they want to yeah. trade options, or or they want to, you know, um, Forex, cryptos, all this stuff, when they haven't gotten to the point where they have that one setup where they feel they can, not, not saying you're going to win every time, but you got to have one setup where you're like, okay, I feel yep. good with this. I feel comfortable with this.
1: Yeah, and, and I'll never forget uh, when Tim Sykes, I was tied up in Italy with the rope, and it was this big, thing where I was like oh Sykes tied you up why did Sykes tie you up and he was like same because you're over trading and for a long time I was like I'm not over trading I don't think I'm over trading at all I was like why is Sykes making this up uh, but then when I look back at it I hadn't yet found the one pattern and Sykes must have been like well why are you trading all these different patterns when you haven't even found one pattern that you got best you need to find one pattern and just nail it and and this is kind of what has happened to Phil as well he's he's been searching and searching and searching and he's finally found this eureka pattern I would probably recommend paper trading <laughs> until you find it because it saves you a lot of money, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess it kind of depends on where you are in life too. You know, he, he had the benefit of, he was a young guy. I mean, he was doing it in college and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, if you've got commitments, you got a mortgage, you got payments you need to make, it would probably be a little wiser to paper trade a little more, but keep in mind, you kind of talk about, you know, educational products and stuff like that. I mean, he's doing this stuff in the late nineties. I don't even know if there were paper trading platforms. You know, stocks to trade as a real time paper trading platform. I don't I don't even know if those existed back in the early two thousands.
1: So Yeah, and I also just think when there's so many intricacies and variations of how a stock opens in the morning can completely determine where it goes in the afternoon. Uh, if a stock gaps down or gaps up, what sector a stock is in. Uh, w- w- how good its volume is like. There's so many different intricacies of even just one pattern. Then it's so much better to just focus on one pattern and learn how it reacts dependent on the different variables. And uh, and people don't. They just trade blind and get blind results. And I know this. I know this. But it took us a year and a half to learn.
0: <laughs> well, and we and we've all and been there.
1: All the yeah, you know, made, I made the mistake. I
0: I, I have a, a similar story to to Phil where I I talk about. When I, when I found short selling, I, I was... What was your first button?
1: What was your first button? Just,
0: everyone has one. Just the, the main one was a, a, a very similar to Phil, a stock that would just spike up on very dubious news, a ridiculous percentage, and then just started fading into the close. And yeah, nice. a lot of guys call it, I, I, call, I think I co-opted this term, I didn't invent it, but it's like the high a day reject. You know, the stock spikes big early, kind of goes sideways through the day, tries to spike late day and then starts tailing off into the close. You short into that fading action. And then your stop loss is the high of the day. And it's, it's a, I mean, it's, 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 it's easy peasy as it gets because you've got a defined stop loss because these stocks are dubious. They're junk. We all know that. But if it's breaking the high of the day, late day, you know, you have to get out. So as a short seller, I love having a crystal clear stop that says, Hey, idiot, get out, you know, and, and we know double tops, you know, resistance, all this stuff works intraday because you've got all the late day breakout buyers that are sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. And if it fails to break out, they all hit the exits. The short sellers pile in and the thing eats dirt into the clothes. And then a lot of what I was doing back then in the beginning, you, I mean, it was a lot safer to hold these things overnight back 2007, 2008 because a significant majority of the time, if they were fading into the clothes, they gap down the next morning and you could, and you just, you, you'd cover into the wash. So.
1: Yeah, no, it's good. And it's good that you explained the psychology of it as well, because a lot of people miss the psychology like you've got to kind of guess what longs are thinking, what shorts are thinking, and then predict what you're going to do it, and, th- and think ahead of time. How will people react if this double top off this fades?
0: Yeah, because everybody. I mean, I mean, well, not everybody. You've you've always got a certain amount of noobs. Hopefully, the the Steady Trade podcast can help speed up the acceleration of of uh, or the education of the of new traders. But I mean, everybody, whether you're long or short, if it's you know, today we had, uh, you know, it's one of my favorite short setups. And actually, you shorted it today. The, the yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> f- female Viagra. Okay. The, 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 oh, I know. <laughs> so, so it, it, and hopefully this isn't offensive or sexist in any way. But, I mean, if there's ever a stock beyond obesity plays, if there's ever a, a stock up 80% on female viagra news i mean that is that you can't get a better short sell opportunity
1: yeah and it, it, it was sad because what i'm what i'm kind of i mean what i'm learning well i've started thinking what are the retailers doing and what are the big investors doing and it felt like the retail all of the the day traders are pushing it up pre-market pushing it up pre-market getting excited It was a
0: slow day today. It was a slow day this morning, you know, so it's like you always got to be, and this is a good tip for new traders. When it, when you're looking at your pre-market scans, which you should be doing every day and there's just not much going on. And then all of a sudden just one stock with pretty iffy news starts running. You got to be now, if there's all kinds of stock running, the market's booming, it's a little different, but when it's just one and you're like, wait a minute, female Viagra, you got you, you to be real cautious chasing that stock up.
1: But uh, a lot of people chased it and there was, there was a good 900,000 shares went off in the first couple of minutes. And I just feel like that's 900,000 retailers buying into the open and, and there's a big investor <laughs> dumping 900,000 shares at a very good price. And you it's know it. Just- That's my take on it. I'm
0: guessing. I don't know, but it's well. It's another one. I mean, uh, when you and and we'll get back to Phil, but this is a good good topical because this is. If I had to guess, I mean, I haven't talked to Phil. I'm
1: being cynical, by the way, but I I know how these things work better these
0: days. No, if I had to guess, I I, and I haven't talked to Phil in a couple weeks, but if I had to guess, he was short the stock (laughs) this morning. Big. Big, so 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 it's it's definitely topical. But um, but yeah, those those are, especially when you look at the chart um, and we could probably even put it in the post, but bring up a long-term chart of this stock. And it is, I mean, I mean, it it looked like it was going to, it was looked like it was going to zero tomorrow, you know.
1: Be careful still because AFMD is the biggest scar of my life. That was the worst long-term chart of all time. And it was manipulated and it messed me up, so I'm always careful with longer term charts these days. But the thing is, though, again, going into the next topic for Phil, um, you can win a lot and then you can start thinking you can start doing more different things. You can start being a bit more flexible and sometimes it can burn you if the market turns. And this is Phil's next topic.
2: It was incredible. But, you know, again, at that time, I had no rules. I had no money management. I was going all in on every position no matter what. And that's how I grew it from 5,000 to a million. I mean, there would be no way to, to, to make that return if you're not risking everything you have now. So needless to say, when I graduated in May, I thought, well, hell, if I had just turned 5,000 into a million in nine months in June, July, August, I want to turn that 1 million into maybe 3 million, maybe four. And that's when I'll have some big money. Well, needless to say, the market kind of turned south and that, that, that million went down to 500,000 pretty quick. Yeah, it's
1: pretty, pretty humbling experience. I mean, no matter how much money you make, to lose five hundred grand must make you feel sick.
0: <laughs> well, and and half your account. I mean, I mean, I don't yeah. care if you if if you're a new trader and you got a five thousand or five thousand dollar account, and all of a sudden you're down to twenty five hundred. That's a that's a yeah. punch in the gut, you know. But but as you said. Half a million dollars is a lot of money.
1: <laughs> yeah, you've got to be grateful for half a million dollars, and, and to turn people don't realize as well. Like, to, you, it is possible to turn five thousand into a million dollars if if the market conditions are right. The market conditions have to be right. Like, um, I mean, there's no there's no line. I mean, I don't know how you found it, but last few weeks have been pretty tough.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, tough. I mean, you look at which we had on. If you can go to the podcast history, we had Roland Wolf on, and number one, I am not in any I, one iota discounting what roland did back last year but you have to admit i think and i'm sure he would admit that he had a very friendly market i mean 20 yeah. 2016 late 2016 2017 was incredible long and short i mean i mean it was like yeah. i mean not i'm doing the air quotes but i mean everybody made money in 2017 almost so
1: no, but it's so true. I mean, and and for me, I remember having my first green months. I was green Octo- I was green pretty much September, October, November, December. So that that close, it it's almost like the market makes it easier. It's like if you're playing a computer game, if you're on easy mode, it was like the market was in easy mode. <laughs> that's
0: that's a good <laughs> analogy. go. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I, uh, I can win an easy
1: mode. I can win an easy mode, but I
0: cannot <laughs> win an hard mode. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a. We we might have another Steven Johnson T-shirt. That that's, uh, that's actually a very good analogy because just like the video game in easy mode, I mean, you still have to know how to play. I mean, yep. if I've never played this game and you hand me the controller, it doesn't matter if it's an easy mode. I'm still going to fail. Yeah. But yeah. if you've got basic knowledge, if you've done some trading. You can do pretty well in easy mode, but just like as Phil mentioned, once the market kind of pivoted back to hard mode, he got humbled to a certain extent, for sure.
1: And uh, and it's hard. I mean, the and, and and Phil, this, one of my favorite quotes, I think it comes from Phil Next, and it's something that will stay with me for a while, but um, I think he goes on to say this next. He, he had to be in a trade. He was like, I had to, cause and I, I bet you it was because the market was so good. The market was hot. He, he was in the habit of jumping in trades and everything working. And I was the same. I'd be like making four trades by 10 o'clock and I'd be green four to five because you just know, you see the patterns right. spike, the, the spike stocks that have got a history of failing, spike and fail on crap news. And you think, right, he has another one. But then all of a sudden when there's none, you're like, well, should I just jump in this? Should I just jump in that? Uh, we'll may as well play the clip. I think he talks about it uh, in the next one. And, and it's, this was the highlight of the whole thing for me.
2: You know, when I when I was in college, to be honest, I wasn't the best student. And, uh, you know, I got grades good enough just to kind of squeak by. And in every spare minute I had, I was studying the market. I mean, I really was. I was just – I had stock screeners out there, and I was studying every big – winner for on a weekly basis, monthly basis, quarterly basis, yearly basis. I was just looking at those patterns over and over and over again until I was, you know, blue in the face. So it was surreal that I had the money, but at the same time I had literally, I had spent thousands and thousands of hours. So the same time of it being surreal was kind of like, I mean, finally it's clicking, you know what I mean? So it, it would, it, you know, finally it was making sense.
1: Yeah, that's not that's not quite the right clip where he says he can't get out of every trade, but it's it's still a super important point. Uh, something that we probably all don't do enough is keep a track record of stocks and identify patterns.
0: Yeah, and 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 the study, the study habits. You know, some of the, a lot of the traders we've had, we've we've up to this point, we've talked about the fact that hours, hours, hours. I think about rolling, driving around the block for an hour while he's watching video lessons. I think about ducks doing 25,000 spreadsheets. I think about myself. Back when I had a business, I had kids. I was still getting up at 5 a.m. so that I could spend three or four hours studying the markets, looking at patterns, just like Phil said, looking at those big percent gainers. I have looked at the biggest percent gainers every day. I don't care if I was on vacation or what. For 10 plus years, I have looked at the top percent gainers and decided, you know, is this a buy? Is this a long looking at the charts every day for 10 years? He's been doing it every day for close to 20 years. And that's why he's one of the best.
1: Yeah, no. And, and that's, that's the problem. Like when the market is easy, like I'm even, I know, not just going from personal experience when the market was easy. I started thinking I don't need to track these stocks anymore. I just know what I'm doing. I'm dead good at it. have got a good market intuition of it. And then you come to realize that you, you need to be putting hours and hours and hours in, and I and I was just come to the point of thinking I need to start getting up a few hours early every morning just to make sure I've got enough time to track all of these patterns.
0: Well, and I think the, you know that that that's when the market does turn and when things aren't working, that's when you study even more. I think a lot yeah. of new a lot of new traders, you know, momentum goes both ways, positive momentum as well as negative momentum, and. Yeah. When, when things, when, when you're in, I'm going to keep using your analogy. When you're, when you're in easy mode, that's when you do overtrade and you trade like crazy, but then, cause you keep, you want to keep that momentum going. But when things start shifting and you're like red day, red day, red day, you're you, that's when you need to say, wait a minute, I need to back off. Now, what I see so often is the exact opposite guys and gals they get three, four red days. They got a red week. They start trying harder. They start trading more. They start branching out. Now all of a sudden, they got a they got a, a red couple weeks, and they're 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 buy, you know from. they're doing stuff. They're but they're trading options. You know they're, they're trading futures. Yeah, you know right now there's guy. You know right now the momentum stocks are a little quiet. These guys are trading these VIX ETFs and stuff. It's like just yeah, back yeah. off and chill and wait and study.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I've always thought if, if I ever have a couple of red weeks again, I need to create some sort of uh, some exercise where I have a sanity check where you just start looking at every stock that is up 80%, every stock that's up a couple of green days in a row, and just watch what it does over the, over a three, four, five-day period to see what you're missing, see where you can find a new edge because something's clearly not working anymore. Because people don't get like, you're like, well, what, I really just have to look at charts all day? And if you don't know what you're looking for, it is hard. It's hard to know what you're meant to be looking for, like, you, it's for me like when i first started trading i was like oh, i shall just track every 10 percent every stock over 10 percent you don't know what you're looking for and that makes it difficult like i don't know about you but when i look i think i'll track this button i'll track this button i'll track this button and then then you start seeing where you can have an edge but it's it's it is hard when you're new i'm just trying to think how do i help
0: new people do you know well, what I mean? And, yeah and and i think that the- how do you communicate this well, I think you know we talk about it all the time—is having that long-term mindset and just know that you have to get that pattern recognition. Um, I was talking to a stocks to trade pro member the other day, and he's like, "Man, it's starting to click to me because yeah. because now when I see these terrible long-term charts, like Dare, Dare was the short of, of today. Yeah. You know, he, he's like he's like I start going black because he's heard me say." He's heard me see these long-term downtrending charts, and I do that all the time. I'm always like, blah, there's got to be something better to trade. And so he's a, he's a new mm-hmm. trader. He's new, but he's recognizing charts that he doesn't want to trade. I mean, there's 16,000 publicly traded stocks. Part of the process is getting rid of all the freaking chaff so that you can focus on, on the actual wheat
1: no, no, and I, and I, I totally agree, but and the hardest thing once you learn how to pick and not pick a stock is just learning how to not trade at all when there's nothing good. And and, and, uh, and for Phil, the funny thing with Phil, and it, it's coming up in this next, this next segment, is he talks about he was trying to find new patterns and trying to be more aggressive, but he actually found he grew his account much more by just cutting losses which which is
2: another thing i definitely have a problem with <laughs> but but let's see what he has to say in the clip it you know finally it was making sense make 50 grand here 80 grand here 100 grand here 20 grand here and at the same time i would see all these big losses you know lose 40 grand lose 60 grand lose 20 grand lose 75,000 and i thought well hell what if i just try to not even make more money you know not even increase my position size not take on any more risk what if i just try to eliminate, try my best to eliminate all of these losing trades that I have in there, all these losing setups. So again, I went back and I, you know, I studied all of my trades and I, I kind of learned that a lot of these losing setups, either a, they weren't, they just weren't the top notch setups out there, but I was still putting on, you know, maybe full position size where I just shouldn't do that. Or I was just letting losses get a little too big. I was letting those losses grow a little bit more than I should, so you know, the very next year, I said, "Well, hell, let me try to just cut my losses fast." Just
1: brilliant. But you, you can take it away. Brilliant. Well, well, yeah, brilliant. Uh,
0: I, I really like the way it, uh-huh. I, re- I really like the way he put it. In that you know, he he recognized that, and, and we 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 talk about this all the time. The number one rule is cut losses early, cut losses early, cut losses early. Well, the problem is, <clears throat> excuse me, especially as a new trader when you're losing two thirds of the time, people don't want to continue cutting those losses early. And you know, every now and then you get rewarded. You overstay in a trade. You wake up the next day, there's news. You make, you make a thousand bucks and you're like, Oh, okay. I, I didn't cut the lot. I didn't cut it this time and it worked. So now I'm not going to cut it next time. But that, that rule, you can never recite it enough. People, people, you know, get get annoyed by people saying cut losses early cut losses early and they're like there's more to it than yeah. that well well phil basically doubled his profitability well i don't know if it was double he majorly increased his profitability just by cutting his losses to smaller
1: yeah and the major thing for me was he he said what I started thinking about is the setups that I, I traded, I started thinking that I can't even trade some of these setups because I can only trade the best versions of my favorite pattern because some of these other versions aren't quite good enough or I should trade them with less size. And when you look at a beginner who's trading five, six different setups in, a, in every variation of it, it is no surprise whatsoever that they lose 90% of the time, 80% of the time.
0: And they're putting, they're putting on the same size in every position.
1: Yeah. And, and obviously the pros, I think, and I'm not just going to trade me setup, but I'm only going to trade the best versions of this setup as well. And they've got all that experience and you think, well, no wonder. <laughs> no wonder the, 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 the this guy like Phil, he's cleaning up and the newbies are not. But this is why you've got to trade so much, much, much less while you're learning. I, I guess I'll just try and focus on one part and I know it's hard, but...
0: Yeah, and we we've talked about that in the 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 pattern day trader episode a a couple weeks ago. You know, when you're new, your goal is in. Go back to Phil. I mean, he was just he was burning through these three four thousand dollar accounts, but he wanted to learn this. And and when you're new, when you're small, your goal is not to get rich. Your goal is to get green trades, whether they be five dollars, fifty dollars. $500, whatever that number is and get to the point where you can consistently repeat that. If you can't consistently, you know, if you can't finish a week green, then excuse my language. Don't put any fucking size on. Okay. If you can't finish a week green, you should be hundred shares, 50 shares until you can get to Friday night. And I don't care what that number is. I literally don't care. After commissions, if it's a $5 number on Friday night, but if you can't get through the week with a green week, it's 10, you know, 10 shares, 50 shares until you get to the point where you're like, okay, I can do this consistently.
1: Yeah, no, no, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. But I'd I'd almost just go as far as saying. Just pay by trade every other setup to figure out a setup. And, and if you've got one setup that you like, trade it with cash over and over and over and over and over and perfect it. Yep. Uh, and and I, I mean, honestly, people are going to be like, why should I listen to this person? And I'll be like, trust us. I might not know that much about trading, but I do know this. You've got to perfect one setup. I've learned it. Uh, and I've and had I have stuck to my own rules of just trading one setup, I would have been running away with a lot more money than I've got now. But So I'm just trying to help people where I've went wrong. That's it.
0: Well, and, and remember where you are, you might be a little older than Phil, but what, you know, older than Phil <laughs> like, at, the, at, 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 at the time, <laughs> he, he was in college, but you know, journey wise, you're in the same point. I mean, I mean, he said it took him three years of college before he got anywhere. You're a you're 14 months into this.
1: Yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. And and this this next point that he brings up, I mean, God, it's it's like it's it's such a good interview when I when I think back at it. Um, the next point he makes is about a lot of short sellers. Uh, if you do this, if you are long, I think you're insane. If you add to a loser when you are long, I think you're insane because I just I don't know anyone who adds to losers and it works long. Shorts, I get sometimes people build into a position because it's already so overextended. It's a little bit more logical. You totally don't agree. Right. I, right. Since you're in this interview since you're in this interview I've I've decided I'll add to I'll I'll average up on a short once only. Because what Phil says is what he's doing, He's least average up when I never work for him. We'll we'll play the clip, let's listen to what he says and then we'll we'll get into it.
2: You know, HM and Y I shorted you know, it was around maybe eight fifty or so and I had about hundred thousand shares short and I cut that loss you know, maybe high nines, you know, and I took a, you know, I took a loss on that, but you know, a lot of these I'm taking, you know, now that one was not a paper cut loss, but a lot of these I'm taking small, what I call paper cut losses on the way up. I mean, the timing is very, very difficult because even if you have a stock like Riot, R-I-O-T that went up to 46, you know, if, if, if traders were to go back and look at that final day where it put up that final, final candle up to $46, I mean, those intraday swings, are incredibly difficult. I mean, there are head fakes galore. You know, it, it is incredibly difficult to to try to time that correctly. Usually, what I do, again, is I'm taking paper cut losses on the upside. I'm, I'm starting with a, a starter size, whether it's 5,000 shares, 10,000 shares, whatever it is. And you know, I'm hoping that I have, you know, maybe hit the top right there, and it's going to go going to go down. If it goes down, I'm going to add. You know, if something goes up or breaks through support, I'm getting out. I mean, I'm cutting that loss sitting back and again, I'm going to look for again a, a re-entry either later that day or the next day or the following day or whatever that is. But I'm, I'm not a trader that's going to start a short and look to add higher. Um, I just don't do that. I did that in my younger days. But again, going back to the thought process of keeping your losses small, that just does not work uh, of shorting and adding higher. I would rather short, look for a breakdown, look for a failed bounce, short that and I want to keep adding, you know, when I'm in the money. You know, I don't want to add against me. You know, we've all seen a stock like Dry's that was last year, that was in twenty sixteen, go from fifteen dollars up to one hundred and fifteen dollars. So adding to a losing position is not something that I ever really want to do.
1: Yep. <laughs> I'm I'm like eating eating wits.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's I mean I mean my thing is especially I mean if you've got Number 1, if you've got the experience, well, I mean if you're some 20-year trader, you're probably not listening to the Steady Trade podcast. So, but if you've been trading for 20 years and you got a $5 million account, well brother, go ahead and add when the stock goes against you. But if you're a new trader, if you're if you have a small account and you're adding to a short that is not working, I can tell you with high certainty it will almost never, ever, ever work out. Because if, you've, if you're if you adding, it means the idea, it, it means that Phil mentions timing, timing, timing. That's the thing. People look at these charts. They look at the dries. They look at the KBIOs. They look at the cafes that he mentioned, the HMNYs. All these stocks that go parabolic and then drop and they don't think about they, they see the big spike in the drop and they think, oh, that was an easy short, but they don't think about entry. And if, this thing, if, if these things are going against you, you don't know if it's the next drives or the next, next HMI, HMNY. And if you've got a small account and you're adding to a losing short, I mean, sorry, yeah. but, but prepare to join the 90% because that's where, that that's where you're headed
1: yeah no and it's it's true and i I, what the one thing that you said to me and and it only sunk in after i took a a big loss was you're like oh well you've just risked a thousand bucks to make 200 bucks and i'm like yeah but the stock always comes down and i just made 200 bucks and i make 200 bucks every time and that adds up to a thousand bucks but what you don't realize is that one day it's not going to be a thousand bucks it's going to be five thousand bucks and you're going to be like shit you learn bad lessons and eventually it catches up with you unfortunately that's well, that
0: that, that that that's the saying, and I might butcher the saying, but it's like it works great until it doesn't, and 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 what you were doing worked great, you know, two hundred risk, you know, you're down a thousand, you know, you're hitting me on WhatsApp, and you're like, I'm down a thousand bucks, and I'm like, oh god, and then and then an hour later, you're like, I made two hundred, and I'm like, oh man, you know, and and, know. And, and, and it's yeah. great, it's great until the one time it doesn't. And then all those $200 gains, poof, they're all gone because yeah. you take the 5K loss. And a, yeah. a 5K loss is a lot of $200 gains.
1: Yeah, no, it's stupid because, I mean, ultimately what happened is I made 2500 3000 and then lost 5000 So it just didn't, didn't work at all. I just lost 2000 of my own money. And you could argue I could have cut that on the 1000 but it's better to just not give yourself that false sense of security and not give you that false realization and just really think. Well, how much am I actually going to risk, and how much am I actually going to make? And do your risk rewards properly. Oh, and sometimes I think no one will listen because I never listened. Hopefully, some people will listen. And oh, when it or when it goes wrong, they'll be like, "Ari, uh, they said it before, and they were right."
0: Yeah, I don't it, know why
1: people don't listen though. <laughs> I
0: don't I don't listen. It, it, especially when you're when you're, you know, in the, when you're early, when it's day one. It's day two. It's the morning of day one, day two. And if you're short and you're starting to add to something that's not working, and it's well, day one, you. day two, whoo, brother. It's it, you might <laughs> yeah, it's a, it is. <laughs> you you that that's your specialty. Go ahead and talk about that. You've you've been there, you you put yourself in that position every day.
1: Nah, <laughs> uh, the thing I think I actually did for a few months, but the what I've learned is just you've got to short the worst of the worst of the worst. So if the don't fail straight away, then something's definitely wrong and you've got to get out. Don't, don't, like short anything. Yeah. Uh, don't short anything that's half measure. I think, oh, well it should go down, but it's not going down and it might go down eventually. Cause you, you don't have a good read on it. You need absolute confidence. Like the, like the, the likes of CLSN, uh, CLSN, every time it caps up, it has big, big, big red DR. LMFA, whenever it spikes big, it always comes down that day. Like these, uh, once you catch the backside, the, then you can you can have certainty that if they're running, they're, something's manipulated. Something's wrong. You need to get out. These are the types of good good shots that you can go bigger on. Uh, if if you are compromising your setup, like Phil said earlier, if you start trading half setups, then you don't really know where you are. So if it does go up, you, you, you don't like you just lost. I think.
0: Yeah, like uh, your trade again today. We're we're recording on February twelfth. Dare you know? Again, this is the stock I like to pick on the female Viagra. I mean, this chart disaster. The stock spiked within a penny of resistance. I mean, the long-term right. resistance was at three sixty on the yearly chart. The stock spiked to three dollars and fifty-nine cents, and then I mean, it, it went to a low of the day, and it's still fading. I mean, it's a dollar off of its highs, and it's still fading crazy. into the close. You know, crazy. So risk that, for yeah, that that one. But, the, but then the beauty of Dare is when you're looking at that resistance at 360, you know, as you just mentioned, I mean, you made a good point, if that thing breaks 360 and keeps going, then something something, is very- something's up. And that's where you're like, that's why you use the chart. And you can make fun of female Viagra all day long. But when that thing breaks your resistance – on high volume and it's still going, you need something. to get out or good luck. Yeah, and it was the same with it was the
1: same with um AFMD. Well, I think it was AFMD, was the stupid five thousand loss I took It was a really sketchy stock. But so when it's holding higher days and pushing higher days it and it's not coming down, there's something seriously, seriously wrong. or oh, there's something going on and you need to get out. It's the same thing. But uh, there's a final tip from Phil that I really, 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 really liked. It's a, like a longer term preparation tip, and it, and it gives new,
2: newbies a kind of an idea of how to study.
1: And I, I, think it's, I think it's really beneficial.
2: Well, again, you know, I have so something I've done since I've started trading, I've gotten a little lazy because I have two kids. But after trading for 10, 12 years, what I do is I try to, at the end of every single year, go back and print out a chart of that year's biggest winners, you know, stocks that have gone from five to 50 or five to 15, you know, three to 30, whatever it is. And I print out every chart and every single one of these falls right back to earth. I mean, almost every single one of these after hitting a peak is going to fall, you know, 40, 50, 60, maybe 70%. So I print out all of these charts and I keep them handy so I can go back and I can you know uh, maybe compare one move to another move, and I do. I call them pockets of air because I, I honestly I don't remember one of these ever really holding up long term. I mean they're all gonna crack.
1: I just think that was uh, a really. I mean obviously it fits well with his strategy of shorting parabolic moves which are hyped up. But uh, I really like the, the approach of just having a catalog of all the biggest movers, long or short.
0: Yeah. And, and I know a lot of guys, well, I, you did it for a while that put those charts on their wall. I used to have, I don't have it anymore, but I used to have a three ring binder. Um, same thing. I mean, you kind of get to the point where you're busy with other things and you know, when you kind of know what you're looking for 10 years in, but like he's saying back, back in the day, He printed them out, and I had the same thing. I had a three-ring binder, and I would compare. I'd be like, hey, this is just like that one. And then you start looking for that topping action, especially on the short side, um, and and you start recognizing these things, and you think back, okay, what was the news on this stock? I mean, a lot of these stocks end up being good shorts multiple times because you'll go back and look, oh, oh, last time it spiked, it failed. So so they definitely repeat for sure.
1: Uh, did, did you see? There's a pump. Do you see the pump and dump? Michael Good's playing it now. Play it. UMFG. Have you seen that?
0: Just, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's it's. Oh, did you really? Okay, yep. Um, uh, you know, a four,
1: four hundred bucks, but still, it was good.
0: Yeah, for me, I am still not. You know, I've been not necessarily focusing on those. Because you know they're just so illiquid and stuff like that, but they that that niche still exists for sure. When
1: it falls, it falls thirty percent, like one minute. It's unbelievable. Yep. And Michael Good was saying he was playing it multiple times and he shorted it multiple times in one of the challenge problems. That's what just brought. That's when it just came to light when you said uh, the multiple opportunities. UMFG was an example.
0: Yeah, if if uh, if you've got your charting up, um, UMFG is the, is the ticker, and it's it's almost. It almost looks like if you look at the the daily chart, it almost looks like it's fake because it almost. does well, <laughs> four times in the last like 2 months, it's done the exact same thing. I mean, it, it walks up for 7 days, drops like 40%, <laughs> walks up for like 7 days, drops 40%. It has done that four times in a row. So
1: it shouldn't be legal, but uh, but now going back to what Phil was saying about printing off the charts, I need to do that. Me, I broke my printer by – you should never carry a printer on the side when it's got ink because ink, ink falls everywhere. Uh, that's how I broke my printer. I need to get another one. But, but yeah, printing off the charts and putting them in sections, I even just having – like what you were saying, to have every stock. I, when I read this, I started creating folders on, on a laptop. I was like, I'm tracking every big runner for the rest the- of
0: this year and that was a you know another great another simple strategy you know again i know pretty much anymore nobody has a printer anymore but you know another great tip would be i use evernote a lot or you know you could use powernote or or powerpoint or or keynote and you know, you can just drag those charts into a presentation and you could have a presentation that says you know junky runners and you can just drop those charts in there and you could flip right through them you know, with your left, right arrows and, and, and archive them that way. And then you don't have to print them out and put them all over your wall. So,
1: so, so he has a tip for all of the listeners. He has some homework to end the podcast, I guess. Do what Phil does, (laughs) do what Phil does. And, uh, any stock that runs big, print every single one of them out, save every single one of them, put them all side by side, or flip them on a PowerPoint and just be like, is there any kind of correlation on the daily chart? And then I'm sure things will start clicking You'll start feeling like you're a bit like Neil from the Matrix. You'll start seeing the patterns. It's kind of true, though. Do you not think it's kind of true?
0: Oh, totally, totally. So, yeah, what I would like to the actually, we've got multiple homework assignments for you. So, number one, he doesn't tweet much, but if you're a day trader, you should be on Twitter, um, and you should be following Phil. When he, you know he doesn't tweet much, but when he does, it's good stuff. I, I know I, I get into Those these rant, I, I get into these rants on Twitter a lot about these, these overly vocal short sellers that tweet 500 times a day. That is not Phil. I mean, he, if he tweets something, it's actionable, it's good information. Um, it's worthwhile. So he is at Ozark trades Ozark, like the mountains he's in Missouri. Um, and then, uh, make sure it's in the show notes, read his twit longer, his month or his year in review. Um, that'll be in the link below. It's, it's it's only, it'll take you five minutes to read, but it's great stuff. Um, and then also would like to thank Chat With Traders for interviewing Phil. Yeah. Um, for sure, go to chatwithtraders.com and check out Phil's interview. I think I think Aaron's got 150 plus episodes of Chat With Traders. A lot of it, if you're a new trader, if you're an intermediate trader, some of it may be a little over your head. You know, You don't have to listen to every episode. If it's some Quant black box algorithm trading guy. Maybe you don't listen to him, but there's a lot of great penny stock traders that that Aaron has had on there.
1: Yeah, no, and, and absolutely. And thank you, Tim, for for bringing uh, Phil to my ears. Uh, I will sleep a lot better uh, just just knowing uh, it helps so much. Knowing other other traders' journeys because it puts yours into perspective and it makes you realize a lot of things that make the the journey that is a difficult one, uh, feel a little easier.
0: Well, and that's, that's why I, we actually kind of, uh, I, I moved the schedule around because, you know, we, we've in recent episodes, we've talked about, you know, St- some of Steven's struggles and I never knew, you know, again, I know Phil, I consider him a friend, but I never knew the history of his college years. And when I was listening to that podcast, I'm like, geez, you know, two yeah. years in he's struggling he He's one of the best. You know, in 2018, he might be the best penny stock trader, but two years in, he's blowing up. He's struggling. He's going to work at his dad's hardware store because he keeps blowing up accounts. And I'm like, man, this is something Steven needs to hear. And, and probably a lot of our listeners need to hear.
1: No, no. Super, 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 super great content. I'm not going to lie. I was thinking I'm really tired and I've got to listen to this thing before the podcast. And I, and I was sitting in bed thinking this, this is actually brilliant. This is actually brilliant. <laughs> Uh, so I really loved it. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, thanks again for listening to the Steady Trade podcast. Make sure to check us out at SteadyTrade.com. We have uh, s- submit your audio button. Make sure to check that out um, and, and leave us. If, if Please give us a question. You can record your audio. You can record your video or you can just send us text. You know, we are here for you guys. We want to make this podcast the most valuable and hopefully entertaining as, as can be for you guys. So send us your audio. Send us your questions. Please leave us a a review on iTunes. Comment on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. And, uh, you know, comment on the blog. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. We want to get better. And again, thank you to Phil. Follow him at Ozark Trades. And thank you to Aaron. Check him out at chatwithtraders.com. Hi, this is Aaron, aka A Ron from New York City, and I like to go outside and find a stray dog, preferably an aggressive breed like a pit bull or a Rottweiler. Then I get real close, stare it down eye to eye until it starts to chase me. Then I run. That's right, I run! While listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade podcast, you can register to win real actual prizes at their website, steadytrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. I did, and this is how we say goodbye in New York City. <laughs>